Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is a thing. Yes, Peace, queen, my porcelain princess was popping. Oh, hello. Let's be energetic. <laughs> I can already tell we tired. Come on, girl. We can peace, do it. We can do peace. it. Uh, bang, bang. I'm not tired. What's crack a lacking? I'm well. How are you You're today? You're not tired? Kind tired. of. I'm always tired. I am always have a mild fatigue, but no. I'm well. I'm well. Um... My child has been away from me for a week now. Oh, wow. Absent mother. (laughs) You said what? An absent mother. (laughs) It's been really, I recommend all mothers be away from their child for a week for the, listen, that is, (laughs) that's another thing. Co-parenting. Listen, two-parent households, shout out to y'all. Y'all are doing as the Bible had intended. It is good and holy. But also, those co-parenting parents, when you get that weekend, some people getting weeks and a half off by themselves. It's it's not telling people to break up so they can have a break from their child. I'm not saying break up, but <laughs> I'm saying, listen, some people with their kids all the time. Some people aren't. And I feel like a lot of the mothers that I know be like, feeling rejuvenated but these past um this past week has been really eye-opening for me I've been really like being with myself and going out by myself more often and trying to explore activities and things that like trying to figure out what I like outside of the obligation and the constant demand of work um and being creative outside of the demand of being creative and it's been really rejuvenating it's been very lovely it's been very um scary in a lot of ways but I enjoy it and now that Jojo is going back to school girl I saw that meme that all the single moms got 8 (laughs) a.m to 345 (laughs) From the daddy. He's ah. like, shout out to all the single moms now free all from the guys eight to fucking 345. Single moms going, eating the kids' fucking gummies and drinking their juice boxes and shit. Um, Terrible. No, I feel like, all right, I feel like really prioritizing that and really figuring out at least once a week to like step away from obligation and go into an area of fun and play and discovery. So... It feels good, yeah. But That's nice. She's coming. I really do miss her, and I'm excited to see her. And that also feels important. Like you need to miss, you need to miss these kids. Be excited mm-hmm. when they walk into the room. You know what I mean? So shout out to, take a break, drop that kid off <laughs> at your grandma's house or somebody's house for a little bit, two days. 
Give yourself two Child. days. Somebody house. How are you? That's interesting. I, I I'm reading what I wrote and I'm like the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote feeling overwhelmed, trying to make time for everything, working out, sleep, work, podcast, research. Social life doesn't really exist unless it is a special occasion. That is literally what I wrote down at I think two o'clock in the morning when I was updating this uh, outline. Sheila, I have been struggling. Work has been working. I've been working. Um, and I don't know. I I feel like a broken fucking record. I was about to say, it feels like something that you've been working through. Sometimes I'm really good at it sometimes. and sometimes I'm not. I, I think it, yeah, I don't know. I, today was a day where I, I actually was off work. But, you know, when you're off work, you have to prepare to be off work. I was off work actually because I recorded with Mandy and Bridget again um, for See The Thing Is. Um, Please check that episode out. It aired Friday of last week and it's called Ho Plus Tep. (laughs) I believe that's the name of the episode. Oh my God, that sounds... And you can guess which one I was. (laughs) But um, I have to say that I was exhausted today. I went to sleep really late and woke up and was like, all right, let me get myself together. And you have to like show up a certain way on their podcast because it's video. So I'm in a dress. Um, This is the first day that my blood is with me. So I just feel drained. And after that episode, I felt, I did feel rejuvenated. I think it was probably the best episode we've ever done together. Ooh. Um, we really cracked open all of us. Mandy went in and she literally, Mandy B, for those of you know, who is half of horrible decisions and half of see the thing is literally said and, and kind of like told me that I helped her get to this point where she recognizes that she doesn't know her value outside of work. And she was like crying, talking about it. And then she also recognized that she has made a living on one of her podcasts talking about the shame around some of her sexual experiences and using her trauma for entertainment purposes. And I was like, whoa. And I see this blossoming of her and I'm so fucking proud of her because Mandy is a sexual being. She's kinky. She, you know, like she is into some shit and she has every right to be. But some of it from earlier on in her life where she had to use sex for survival, literally, Mm -hmm. um, is really attached to a lot of trauma. And so she's, she's rebranding and redefining herself. Mm. And that's really painful. I have a lot of people in my life who judge her. Um, and I have to check them when they do it, if they do it. And, and I just think that everyone listening who knows her, or thinks they know her or who's doing, doing a rebranding of themselves needs to understand that you have the right to say like, that was me then this is me now. Amen. I've changed. And you better be doing that. Yeah. 
And so I'm just really proud of her. And then the episode, you know, we started off in that. Like, those were our updates. And then it turned into, you know, the regular conversation. And when I tell you, we were cackling, like holding my stomach, laughing, and not to try to be funny and keep the energy up. But, like, literally, it felt like community. And it was really a special moment. And it helped ground me into, like, okay, this is why you're doing this work. Like, Mm -hmm. this is... Mm-hmm. You know, like you're tired, you get it. You're again, I'm not at the place where I can I can financially give up the nine to five and sustain myself on my creative. So I'm in that in-between space and I just have to stay on the trajectory. And that's hard to do. <laughs> and then I, you know, came home and and now I'm potting with you, which I'm tired, but I know for a fact I never I never regret a podcast with you. So here we are. Never. We're we're I mean there've been a couple episodes <laughs> I'm like boom. <laughs> but um and I have to say the last episode is, what is it? It's is capitalism ruining your sex life or some shit like that? Sex is being ruined by capitalism. That is a good ass episode. Y'all better go listen to that shit and download it. Because it's like really boring. good. It's one of our top... I know, they were like, capitalism again? Shut up. Just because you put sex in the title doesn't mean I'm going to listen. <laughs> Fuck y'all and listen to that episode. It's excellent. But in other news, I saw a video of an Asian man at a... um, <laughs> At a... It looked like a New York game. A Yankees game, maybe. And he had a hot dog... And he put the straw, his straw, through the hot dog to make like a canal through the hot dog. And then threw the straw in the ground, put the hot dog in his beer and used the hot dog as a straw. And I don't know what it says about me, but I wanted to do it. And so I was at the store today and looking at hot dogs thinking, wow, <laughs> I want to try this and see if it works. And it made me think I mean, of that like crate work, challenge. Antoinette. I know, but I just wanted to try it out. And I, and I thought, like, wow, are you are you being influenced or are you just, like, weird? <laughs> and I still want to do the crate challenge. It's like I'm thinking to myself, like, what did these things say about you? Like, I see certain TikTok or, you know, I'm not on TikTok, but on these little things on Instagram, I'm like, yo. And they're dumb. And I'm like, I want to try that so bad. And they're reckless. So even while I'm tired, the, I still is time the, the hot dog the is just strange. But I see people like doing it now and trying it you out. You should do it. Just one person said it was cool. No, I see, imagine that's what it's I don't cool, turn but it's into. just probably tastes Gross. strange. Uh, we hot won't dogs. continue on this, but I do want to know what beverage of choice you will drink through the hot dog because I don't see you drinking a beer. What would it be? No, I don't like beer. What would it be? Whoa, that's a really great. Can't be water. You need a flavor. What goes good with hot dogs? I think a good soda. A Coke. A ginger ale. Oh, I would Ooh. go with Coke. No Coke. Coke. No. I hope Something you're not about go- a nice you don't ginger like ale. Coke? They don't pay for this, so ginger ale is not a brand. Coke is. <laughs> not well, cola. Cola. See? A nice cola. A cola. <laughs> okay. Um. In other news, I tried to be in a I tried to be a hot girl. Mm. Shout out to my Nigerians, my favorite people in the world, some of them. Uh Chi, oh. Dio, and Nas, my PVO guys, my positive vibes only guys. They threw their annual New York City party 
I went with Mandy, of course, and Kirby, singer who we had on. Kirby is in the fold. Kirby's in the fold. And um, y'all, I they were just I it was amazing to see them work. And I just was like, yo, I'm not a fucking hot girl. I'm not. I had my Birkenstocks on within two minutes of being in that venue. I had a grandma bag with me full of their shoes. First of all, poor Kirby didn't even have any shoes. And then I was looking around and thought, I don't know none of this music. I'm here for my people. I'm here to support. But man, I wish that they were playing Roberta Flack. No, I just was like, I don't know any Not of Roberta this. Flack. You definitely none of wanted it. to hear. And no, seriously, Shanti, it made me think like we have to throw a party. Or okay, that's not what I thought. Oh, I, sorry. When I was thinking about curl days, remember the party we threw and it was the 90s mm-hmm. hip hop, mm-hmm. R&B vibe, mm-hmm. like 90s and the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I really think that we should do that again for all of the old souls in the house. Let's go back to the 80s. Because you can't I've fucking even, dance to this druggy, dark, scary is, music. It's scary. And they just all stand around doing this. You can't like, grind on no dancing. fucking body to that. Can't, couldn't give nobody a Wally. Not a single Wally was given. You. It's frustrating. I was frustrated. But um, it was still a good time. And, and it's so much fun to be in a group in a room full of people who they really are there to just have fun. Have fun. Mm-hmm. They're there to look pretty, to have fun, to hug up on each other, love up on each other. It really is an event where no, there's no beef, there's no nothing. Everybody's just like excited to see what people are traveling to come to this party. Oh, that's right. It's like plane tickets. Somebody showed up in a motherfucking party bus. I oh. said, my God. Not a party they bus. Promoters, I, I, promoters. Was, they ever done that I, in Miami yet? They had a PBO you, in Miami. They need to. If they don't, they need to. But all I know is I was like, let me borrow a dollar because y'all rich. Because this is ridiculous. But shout out to them. I'm really proud of them. And yeah, I, I had a couple drinks and I couldn't recover. I I was dead for two days, struggling. And then we went to Dumbo House, which. That's a whole other thing, which... Do you know what that is? Girl, no. It's a Disney movie for all I know. (sighs) No, it's a fucking... So these houses are all over the country, and they're exclusive houses where you have to pay a membership fee in order to be able to access them countrywide. But sometimes you, you can have a membership to only one house. And so this is where the upper echelon of all the people go and they mingle and canoodle and you still got to go and pay for overpriced drinks overpriced food overpriced overpriced but basically the thought is well when you go you're going to be surrounded by who you went we went with mandy girl mandy ain't got no fucking um membership to that kirby does so you can get people in if you have a membership so we went and it was just, it was beautiful. It's a beautiful space. Dry. But I couldn't, no, it wasn't dry. It wasn't. Oh, it was really? a beautiful space with people who felt really networky, but also like cool. Like uh, everybody seemed like they were enterprising, but everybody seemed like they were trying, that they were very aware that they were at Dumbo House and that they were fancy. And you know me, that ain't me. Um, but it was interesting to be in there and to, 
feel like the brokest person in there. I don't know what the lie. I was just like, ugh. Like, I'm gonna buy these fries. a lot of broke people in there. Pump Dude, faking. I was hoping. Yes, I, I was hoping. Definitely. But apparently, like, they take your phones. Like, you can't have phones out in certain areas. So celebrities will go there and things like that. So whatever. I mean, I get it. You live in the it, dream, girl. Am I? I, I really went to not, a Barnes my and Noble fancy. by myself and I was like, wow, <laughs> this is living. And bitch, you out here girl, rubbing that shoulders. Was, that was one night and then I was dead. But I would, that's the thing about me is like, even while I was there, I kept thinking to myself, it would be so nice to play spades. Like, it would be so nice to just like chill. And yeah, there were like these men there that looked like they were in Tyler Perry sitcoms. They were very handsome, but knew it. Couldn't. Ridiculous. It was just. Untrustworthy. Yeah, it was just untrustworthy. Mm -hmm. Their energy was very like, okay, Mm -hmm. good talk. So I wasn't impressed. But it was beautiful. If I could afford it and go and work from there every day and just enjoy the view. Oh, was that the vibe? You can it. go, it's like a clubhouse kind of, like a membership. It's a club. Okay. Yes, that's it was exactly like a what it is. Type of There's thing. a pool. That, no, it's not a it's not a lounge. It it turns into that at night, but it's a clubhouse. Right. It's for like adult networking and and they have events there and yeah. Anyway, Whatever, child. Ahead, I was tired. If you're going to live, I'm, I'm proud. If you're going to live in New York, you better live in the fuck New York or else what's That's the point? That's not the whole New York. The New York, and the, yeah. Uh, it's like, a part of it. The range. It feels like you have it. range in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Good it's work true. you. But I, um, I don't know. I was thinking about like an around the way house where like it was like duality is a thing. You could have like hot dogs through straws. straws and yeah. shit. Yeah. Okay. And playing. Does that feel, uh, does that feel like a vibe? <laughs> yeah, but and, and you can't space. play music past 2005. Some dusty unless, niggas. Untrustworthy yeah. still, but dusty or a little less intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> well, Artsy dusty balls with a heart in of gold. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Artsy balls. Like, I, I'm, I'm, if we could curate a space, it would be cute. I was thinking about that. It would be yeah, so like, cute. What kind of space would we curate? And who would come? It would be a sight to see. But anyway, shout out to Dumbo House. I would never pay $4,000 a year to join, but shout out to all the people that can afford that. Damn, Very good for you. got our Very sponsorship nice. yanked. They were like, that light skin, interesting girl with the No, I can't. Side. I can't afford it. If they want to give me a free one, Listen, we will I'd talk be more well than happy. Upon it. I wasn't hating on it. It's a, again, I, would, I just said I would go. It's mm. a beautiful space. But I ain't, I'm not, I need Invisalign apparently. So I can't, my teeth are shifting. I got shit, other shit to pay Girl, for. Girl, not they want $5, being $5, old and needing Invisalign now. We can't be Child, regressing in the ways shifting. of the aesthetics now. <laughs> it's, it's all regressing over here. <laughs> all right. It's tricky. It's getting trickier by the minute. But anyway, Shanti, I'm really excited. You have a guest. We have a guest. But you found this incredible young woman for our hot shit. So let's get into that. And tonight is a special night. We actually have a manifestation of hot shit. Somebody that is creating and generating really dope things and sharing it with all of us. Items that many of you have probably seen and lusted after and hopefully worn. We have Ariel of home by Ariel with us tonight. She is a jewelry designer, clothing designer, and now a shoe designer, as I just learned 
So yeah. come through with the come through. <laughs> yes. um, we, you and I have personal history together as we were just kind of like coming up in this wild time of, of being a creative entrepreneur um, back in the day in Philly, which we share our hometown, all three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have these pop-up yeah. events and bring a bunch of vendors together and I would constantly like email and tap on your shoulder and ask you to come and and it was it's been a wild yes it's been a really wild ride but as I said yesterday super 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 proud of seeing how your business and your work is blossoming and just being shared with the world and by the world I mean on the ears of Beyonce, on the ears of Kelly Rowland, on the ears and necks of so many style icons, Tracy Ellis Ross, Child Was on Blue Ivy, Mary J. Blige, India Ivory, um, <laughs> most notably, I think, which really rocked people even before Beyonce was India Moore when she wore your long frame um, earrings. And that was really like a significant moment. So just watching your glow up has been really beautiful. And I wanted to, to share it um, with our guests and inspire some folks because I, I actually know Thank of you. some jewelry makers that are listeners um, that would just be really excited uh, to hear about your journey and thank you for joining us thank you thank you i'm so happy to be here i've been a fan for a long time like you said we've been back and forth in the email and to be finally face to face with you guys through the screen (laughs) i'm really excited i think um what's really amazing is that i mean just from what i know of you personally you're not necessarily in like this white knuckle grind mode you feel just like the jewelry that you have by the way if you are on our patreon you will see that all of us are rocking some of your pieces um the whimsy of them the just the magic just like the the shock in so many ways of like girl you have a lit like candle on your ear your designs (laughs) are wild (laughs) And I think that just kind of speaks of how you've been um, you. interfacing with, with your with your craft. So if you could just share with folks how you started on your jewelry designing journey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm definitely not white knuckling it. I'm feeling my way through. I like, as we've discussed before, we I uh, started this on a whim, really just making it to music and dancing and I was at Howard University which is known to be a fashion campus so as soon as I gave out the earrings to I had like five earrings I created the first day just for some friends on my downtime and the next day there were a tremendous amount of requests for the pieces and so my brand started out of a request and out of being in a situation where there was a lot of love for black fashion and helping black people, you know, Chocolate City, D.C., Howard University. So it was, you know, it it was divine. Um, Like most of the grand things that have been happening, they've all been like just happening, I would say, sporadically, whimsically, without a plan, just flowing my way through. So when did you decide 
to take it seriously, when did you decide that, like, all right, this is my hobby, people really like it, but now, like, I'm making money, how can I sustain this as a business? What was the moment? Yeah. Um, I believe the moment that I really, truly took it seriously within myself was in 2019 when the Going Back Home collection came out because it was born out of my, like a true healing in the moment being traveling across the country to be home with my godmother who was ill Mm -hmm. and who passed suddenly. I stayed there and, and she, she's been magical on earth. So in her passing and in our grieving, she showed up in so many ways, like through nature, through birds, through butterflies, through our grass popping with purple flowers everywhere, purple ribbons coming in the in um in the garden and wrapping itself mm-hmm. around the fence. Purple is her color, and and everywhere I was reminded mm-hmm. like that she hasn't left, and I had felt like my foundation shake when she left because. She was everything to me. So with all of her reminders, it became a process of me reminding myself. And as an artist, it goes into my artwork. And that's where some of the most important pieces came. And that's when I realized how deep fashion is. Mm -hmm. And that it's never Mm -hmm. been surfaced Mm -hmm. for us as people of color. It's always had deep meaning and is connected to healing and celebration. So that, (laughs) 2019, after doing it for like nine years, is when I actually was like, this is, this is what I want to do. <laughs> and so life. during that time, yeah. I feel like, I mean, 2019 to 2000, 2020 was like no joke for everybody, but it feels like 2020 for black businesses and for your business in particular, again, with the, I don't know when the India more, um, Oh, child. Yeah, okay. That well, like that was wow. Even with the India more thing, you were still yeah. like, Oh, this is nice. That was cool. But, Oh, wait, it was 2019. It was 2019, I'm wrong. Because the picture frame earrings were a part of the Going Back Home collection. Because I made them honor my godmother. And I put all of the faces of her children and her and them. And then India Moore, Silas, Ian, um, Ian um, hit me up and told me about the mission. So it was And so then that's when you were like, all right, this is going to become, all right, this this is business now. I'm diving. I have something to say. I don't even think business. Mm. That's when I took it seriously. Me, I'm like, my business is personal mm. to me. It's like, if I don't feel it, if I don't feel like it's going to change the world in my way, like, you know, how we have to give to the world before we leave, or I feel that way, then I don't want to take it seriously, seriously. And now that's when I felt like, oh, no, this is connected to me on a deep level, and I can, and I can speak as broadly and as intimately as I want to. And that's okay, when I think seriously. I'm... So, yeah. The business and so is then 2020 comes and everybody's yeah. rocked. The world's rocked. Um, black businesses got a lot, a lot of love. And I don't know if it happened on 2020, but all I know yeah. is that Black Parade came out in the during the <laughs> holiday season and for yes. me, because I have followed so many black businesses online for a long time, and for many folks, I like have 
relationships with these people to see so many folks that I love on that fucking website. I was like, holy shit. And then to what see website? the website. Resp- Wait, what Black- website? Beyonce, isn't it called Black Parade? Beyonce.com. Black, she, but on Beyonce.com, she put Black Parade. Okay, so Black as Parade the market. Was that It was a curated market yeah. of yeah. Black businesses. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. shut people mm-hmm. down. I don't know if you guys shut <laughs> us down. I just remember shut being like, <laughs> we ain't got no product left. Down. Like, just... Did you have any yeah. sense of that you were going to be featured on that? So you could be like, all right, yeah, let me let me make a couple. It just was a surprise no. to you as well. No, it was everything was a, Beyonce is a surprise. Like everything was a surprise. Like so what happened, I think like six months prior, her stylist um, hit me up for some pieces. And then Black Parade came out, which was a surprise to everyone, I believe. I don't know. Maybe other people knew. And I just was on the list. I was just on Beyonce's list. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I was on the list. And then I kind of put it together like, oh, they remember me from when they borrowed from me six months ago. And mind you, I didn't know Black Black is King was coming out either. I just okay. knew Beyonce had a project. And, and then, yeah. So it, I think Black okay. is King came out after Black Parade. So it was like a double and then your shit, got, your shit got sold out. I just know oh. everybody's website was just crashed because people were supporting like crazy. And I remember. Can I, go ahead. Can I ask with the website, yeah. with that happening, you make your pieces by hand, right? Okay. Because I'm wearing this and yeah. I'm like, this? Yeah. This? Okay. So oh, wait, not, Yeah, yeah. But, or at least then. Maybe you, now you fig, may have figured out yeah. okay, a way piece. to... Yeah. Got the it. To mass produce them. But yeah. while when Beyonce was like, yo, 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 this is fire. Y'all should buy it. You were making all of your pieces by hand. So is that overwhelming? Like what's going through your head of like, holy <laughs> shit, I have to figure out all these orders. And then yeah. I have to figure out how to yeah. replenish them mm-hmm. because the demand is here and I need to rise to the occasion, to the moment. <laughs> Yes. So I'm telling you, like, exponentially grew from like the, the an, a day's order would be something I couldn't. Fulfill. It would take me like a long time to fulfill. And so there came a point where I was like, mm. eh, shutting this down. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't do this. And even when I shut it down, I gave people a warning. And then that was where I shouldn't have warned people because then more orders came in. And then I shut it down around August, 2020. I don't think I was done shipping wow. orders out into the next year. And I, I took a break, went to Harlem. You I was like, I'm going to enjoy my to do it by yourself. In, like my favorite city. My sister came to help me. I had a couple of friends that came to help me, but I was not prepared for the growth like that. And I tried to teach people how to do it. I think no. it's easy, but you know, you always think your art is easy. <laughs> it's not. Um, so yeah, I was by myself, and wow. it was a struggle. And that's why y'all, a lot of people didn't see me um, for like a year after that. I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> I need to go take some time and talk think about, about that what a I little bit. Because I, girl, I saw yeah. some video. You were in a. All I saw was banana leaves. You had a sarong on. Your skin was dewy. You were just. <laughs> 
had a machete cut yes. with coconuts and I was like, wow, this it's is my Beyonce dream. Effect. I was like, she made it to the other side. Like, What's so funny is I don't know if you saw me with, like if you truly saw me with a machete, but I definitely have video of me in a machete. And no, it was, getting, it was uh, you. I was like, yes, that's what you thing. do. I, I love the resistance to going into overdrive. Yes. Can you just talk about what how you had faith in, like, I'll be okay, yeah. even if, you know, I don't take advantage of this yeah. moment. That, that is not, I'm not, I wasn't, like, automatically, like, oh, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be assured. I'm going to be so, like, I'm going to be all right. Um, it was kind of, it always reminds me of the Kanye line. He was mm-hmm. like, don't leave while you're hot. That's mm-hmm. how May screwed up. And I'm like, oh, no, a warning. But I was like, I have to. You know, and and if my pieces my pieces truly come from myself, so and come from like an intimate experience, which means like people say, if you want to reach the masses, then then um, pinpoint a finite detail, like be specific. Like when we're broad, we think, oh, we'll be broad, we'll reach everybody. But no, you reach everybody by being true, 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 and specific. And so when I do that, like the pieces are timeless. It's not. It's not a fad. It's not like, oh, this is in. Got a little ear clown. Got a little chain belt. For, belt. It's like these are pieces that, like the pieces that I started 10 years ago are still thrown out to this day. And so I had to have, I had to have faith. But also I had a lot of dreams that reminded me <laughs> of who I am and, um, and, and my support system that's always there. Something that I needed, like an, I needed to hear and see those messages because, it was a time where, I, like, I I felt like I had to escape. It wasn't like, oh, I'll be fine. You know, mm-hmm. I just felt like I had to. I was like, if I if I want to produce the next thing, I need to sit and be still and and actually know what's going on with me, so I can actually, you know, breathe. A so piece. it can be generative. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not a machine, like, so I have to do it. It's yeah, you, yeah. You. Can't give if your cup is empty. Whatever they be saying on the self care <laughs> memes. You irritating, yo. <laughs> that Kool Aid cup and a glass of Girl, wine now got to be I, full of the things. <laughs> I was scared, and that reminds me of my ne- one of my next pieces. I want to give you a sneak peek from Macy's. Yes. Is actually the cup running over. So our cups are always. I love that. Water. It reminds me of the um, Ace of Cups in the... the, um, Yeah, Ace of Cups in your tarot. It's the Ace of Cups. Um, It is Ace of Cups. Well, let's talk about that for people that don't know that journey. Okay, on Black Parade, then Black is King comes out. And that's when I was really hyped because I was like, I know that necklace that Blue Ivy has on. So then your stuff, then I guess those are the pieces that they asked for. You're finally like, oh, are they ever going to debut it? And then it comes out in Black is King. Yeah. They asked for so many pieces, and it was crazy because it happened the night before they needed them and in a different city than they needed them in. So I'm, like, Mm. looking a Megabus ticket to New York City, and I'm making the pieces at night. And my soldering machine, which is something I used to weld the metals together, went out. And then I had a backup one, and that wasn't working. And I was like, not on the day of Beyonce. Like, what is happening? And I just stayed up all night, and eventually I, like, I would be able to weld here and there with patience. And I got most of the pieces that they wanted, and I just did my best, and I gave it to them the next day. 
And I for how long? <laughs> oh, it, until um, I think like five months passed, and I was like, oh, you know, usually you get your pieces returned, and I'm like, do I want my pieces returned to Beyonce? But I did check in. <laughs> I said, you know, asked about them, and they sent back everything but a few, and they told me why they didn't send back a few is because Beyonce wore them, and they wanted to keep them. Um, I guess to wow. archive them. And so I was like, yes, I'm going to, something's happening. <laughs> I didn't know what, but something's wow. happening. So Beyonce, Beyonce and her babies. Beyonce. And you can see on Back is King, she has on the cowrie earrings, yeah. similar to what Tracy Ellis Ross, the other god, um, had on in that iconic magazine. And then Blue has on the love necklace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Beyonce has a Mama's 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 hoop, which is a, it's a, like a double hoop. It's a black face with she's wearing double hoops in it. Yeah, you'll be able to see it on my page. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually was supposed to design for. Well, I did send in some pieces for Jay Z too, and it didn't make. It came back because um, she said that they already had my pieces on set, and I remixed. You know, I don't make pieces for men, so I remix my female pieces to be masculine. And so Beyonce already had the female version, and so they were like, you know, we already have your pieces on set. It was a different. I would style. love to see Jay Z. Dang, I could not say musical jewelry on. I gotta work on my masculine amazing. pieces. But that. That attention then brought you to this moment that you're at now, which I think is a beautiful testament to going from, you know, a small making everything by hand to something that's being mass produced and people have access to it and you're not um, restricted by your own labor capacity. You now have a partnership with Icons of Style. I'm sorry I didn't read that before. That is correct, right? I said it right? I know it was something iconic. Icons of style. Yes, that is. You have apparently you have three <laughs> collections coming out. And yes. again, similar to what you said, you stayed very true to your design, to your roots. I don't see in terms of the design and the and and the feeling and the 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 energy of your brand seems to be remain intact and now everybody I see white girls with the little glass ear the um mates the vases I just see everybody rocking this jewelry and that's just amazing really amazing and I guess my final question um is what does it feel like to be on the other side we all have especially as as creatives as jewel as retail people we all have like this ideal of like okay i made it okay first of all you have beyonce now you have like this mass production of your work on a major respectable market mm. you get in your coins inshallah god willing what what does that feel like <laughs> mm. um it feels like comfort um it feels like it feels like comfort in a sense of when you say getting your coin. But when it comes to um, actually having, like, um, what people deem as mm-hmm. success, mm-hmm. it feels like pressure. Because before, I didn't have pressure. I was just dancing and listening to Sade and when Kanye was great. And I was making music. And, I mean, make, yeah, making music with, with wire. And then um, 
and then I had a deep experience, and then everything shifted, and then it got picked up by the biggest names in the world, and then I was like, mm-hmm. this is an expectation. So it came with a lot of spiritual grounding, re like just re regrounding and um and um and planning what I actually want for myself, what's success for me, what's a good state taste for me to be moving at, um, identifying who I am against other businesses, um, realizing that I'm not like like I might not want a typical business structure or um timeline. And so it came with a lot of re uh well, just a lot of thoughts. A lot of um a new birth, I would say, especially because this blow up happened when I was actually mm-hmm. rooting myself in the work. So it was a big rebirth, um, on both professionally and the spirit Can of the work. Can I ask you one, one, I know Shanti said that was the last question. What advice do you have for other entrepreneurs out there listening? Like I have a jewelry maker in my life who I love dearly. Shout out to Ariane's Jewelry, Angie. And I'm and I see her growing her business, and I see her doing really well. Um, and I'm just curious, like, what could what advice could you offer that person? I think the best thing for me has been that quote: "Be so good they can't ignore you." I feel like when people people ask me all the time, like, how did I get so and so or so or this opportunity? They all reached out to me. And I, I just do my best. And so, and each time I do my best, the next time my best isn't my best anymore. And so it, it turns into something else. Like first my jewelry was mostly wire and then I learned how to solder. And then I learned about casting and then I learned about clay and then I learned about wood carving. And then I was like, ooh, shoes. And so I just kept getting better and better and better. And then people saw it. So you don't need a PR. I, I mean, I don't want to say that because I might get one one day. But like when you're when you're like just challenge yourself, be your own competition. Like if you're making jewelries that are leaves, you know, like you know, next time put a little bird on it or something. You know, like just keep thinking, like keep growing and like also start just connected. I would say mm-hmm. connected to yourself is a big thing. Make sure it's connected to yourself and then make sure it's the truest, the, the truest you can be. So when I say like, be the best they or be so good, they can't ignore you. It's be minute, be true, be so personal, be so epic, be so alien superstar, be so unique <laughs> that they can't. Cause we won't be able to, once you see mm-hmm. something you never saw before, you'd be like, who is that? And so it's easy for everyone because we all are unique. So just be that. That I think that's what got me there because every mm. I, it's all attraction. Like wow, yeah. Well, thank you for paving the way because you truly are paving the way for black jewelry designers and putting folks on the map. And thank you for doing it in a way that is so different from what we expect of this kind of like entrepreneurial grind culture. And um, and shout out to your godmom for. Ooh, yeah. just paving the way for you as well on the other side. Yeah. Um, Ashe to her. So thank you so mm-hmm. much. We really, yes, really appreciate Ashe. this. You guys. Thank you. Thank you. You y'all. can find Ari's amazing <laughs> work um, at on Macy's.com, Style Icons. When's your next collection dropping? Mm-hmm. 
if the next right one is now. dropping in October. Get your coins together. Get your early Christmas yeah. gifts. And yeah. also you can just go to her website as well. If, and yeah, maybe you should do the honor of sharing where people can find you. Oh, yes. So my website is home by Ariel. Ariel is a Hebrew spelling. So here it is. A-R-E-E-A-Y-L. Home by Ariel. And that's across all social media platforms as well. And if you haven't heard the name, it's because it's new. And you may have heard Bees by Ari, which is the old name. Awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ari. That was just... Very lovely. Shout out to her. Shout out to Philly. Shout out to Kappa's finest showing up in his motherfucking world. Shining, shimmering, and being great. I'm telling you, Kappa really has made a deep dent in the world, in the globe. Yes. Boys to men. Creative and fucking performing arts. Philadelphia, Broad Street, gang, gang. Jasmine (laughs) Sullivan, Christian McBride. I forget his last name. Joey DeFrancesco. Who else? And that's just the music. Not to speak of the artsy people that I I should know that I don't, can't name. (laughs) Baby, I was going to try. Oh, Bilal. Who else? That's another singer. Oh, that's my boo. Bilal. Anyway, go ahead, Queen. Pop culture. Oh, this is mine. Pop culture. Chow. Speaking of music, <laughs> Diddy, Diddy is, he's also on my nerves, but Diddy and Jermaine Dupree have agreed apparently to go head to head. Unfortunately, it will not be for verses because Swiss Beats and Timberland are suing Triller <laughs> because they're, Triller is not paying them. Wow. And I'm confused because I thought they own verses. So. Anyway, no, some white person owns everything. That's Antoinette. upsetting me. That's, that's deeply upsetting me. But basically, uh, Diddy was like, since we're not fucking with verses no more because they fucked around with our boys, meaning Swizz and Timbo, we don't need to be going against each other. Let's come together and do that bad boy. So, so deaf in Atlanta, which is like uneven playing field. Diddy, why would you go to Atlanta? But he said, again, it's not a versus. He said, it's not a versus. It's just hit for hit. And then J- JD was like, let's do it. I'm sure he did I say, let's like do it. I they just have to say it's not a versus for legal. They're, they're, they're well, they're saying the they're not. They're <laughs> absolutely going to be. But they say versus, though. But they're also going to be battling people. I think it was really interesting how many people are like, JD's going to wash Diddy. That's shocking to me. But I'm also like, JD is not a slouch. I mean, he he got some people, right? But like, I don't know. Maybe it's the East Coast in me and us. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't feel so connected to the so so deaf reign as I do as bad boy. Oh my god, I I don't feel as connected. I wanted to be a part of bad boy growing up. Like I thought that that was the coolest shit ever. It like was. to me, Puffy was God. God. Like I, I just thought he, it, it didn't get any better. Even even Rockefeller, as great as Rockefeller is was, not is, well, kind of as great. Excuse me, what's that? 
It's <laughs> like somebody was racing on a residential street and went through a stop sign. Oh, well, they didn't have the flashiness, you know, like the just gaudy. The energy, yeah. The energy, the swag of what Puffy brought from every, from even like total. Even the grit. The grit. You got Kim, total, Mary, like, yeah. it, it was wild times, Biggie. And then you had the death of Biggie that really made you like, oh, man, bad boy for life. And then you got Faith singing it, but Carl Thomas. I just think that uh, Jermaine Dupri has a longer reign. Like, Puffy had his moment, and then it kind of, like, fell f- went south a little bit in the ways that he had artists that somehow just he kept they kept coming up short in a way whereas JD may have had a more stronger, you know, less flamboyant but a stronger range. I mean, cuz he even worked with the the folks that he has silently. That's another thing. Puffy's flamboyant about who Puffy going to be on that fucking but track. But JD yes. has worked with people and you don't know that but it's Usher's JD. But not a part of so so deaf. But I think it's more of who they worked. Like, maybe it's who he worked with. If it's who he touched and influenced. Bow Wow, Bone Crusher. Okay, Anthony Hamilton, I forgot about. Not Anthony Hamilton. Not him. I hope he wasn't a sway for you. (laughs) I like Anthony Hamilton. Whatever. Um, Escape. Jagged Edge. Okay. I just. I think it's who who he worked with is what. But my thing is, is it who he worked with or is it so, so deaf signed artists? I don't know. That's that's different. Because if if JD can just talk about who he worked with, yeah, like he's got crazy. He got crazy. On the behalf of Mace, I don't want (laughs) Puff Daddy to be talking about (laughs) fairness, equality, and supporting brothers, okay? It seems a little bit lopsided and well, not fair it's let's not get a in, let's get into puffy because puff, puff puff is doing this new campaign love diddy p diddy is doing this new fucking campaign r&b is dead and the reason why he's doing it is because he has a project coming out where he's supposed supposedly reviving r&b ciao and he got, you know, this song with Bryson Tiller, who everybody's like, that shit slap. I think it's not very good, but I'll shut up. Um, we know somebody that's going to be on that album, I believe. Um, and it's just like, Diddy, I get the campaign. But shut, shut up. You get on my nerves. And, and R&B, how is R&B dead? It's not dead. It's shifting into some shit that I don't completely love. But there are definitely people still singing R&B. And he's like, who killed R&B? And I loved whoever it was that tweeted, like, you, who was fucking, who was having people sign all these terrible ass contracts. You, nigga. You killed it. You killed it. <sighs> what a tricky Yo. man. Just dancing around the stage, carrying on. That's just like, boy. I don't know. That. Being rich and conniving. Know. A little dubious little. He really little, is. Little. What's that nigga name with the thread and the needle little leprechaun? I don't know. Rumpelstiltskin. Oh. I'll just be doing a little devious shit, making people pray they'll give him the firstborn child. And yeah. Then, like, we're a little... Oh, I, I also feel like Puff... Sorry. No, I, I just feel like Puff... Um, 
he was once like a master kind of uh, media manipulator, a kind of brand uh, builder, and now it's just falling short. He feels a little bit out of touch, and it feels a little forced, and people are kind of on to him, so it's not landing as much. And so, I don't know, he had this whole live where even Mary was on it. He was on with Timberland. Missy was all in the comments where he was like, I mean, R&B is dead. R&B is dead. Who's who's out here singing R&B? And Missy was like, Jasmine Sullivan. <laughs> like, she kept typing it, Jasmine Sullivan. And and uh, mad people were like, uh, Jasmine Sullivan just won a, <laughs> won a Grammy. Like, but who that's else who's... is, though? Just to put it down. Well, they were saying Jasmine advocate. Sullivan. They were saying Chris Brown still is. I don't know these kids' names. Chris they were still Brown. saying... Su- no, he Chris Brown R&B. can sing. Chris Brown can sing. I he d- wants to bring back, like, the, the, the stacked... Um, backgrounds like the bridge the yeah. men's crying yeah. in the rain i get it chris brown just did a song with tank that is very similar to that but nobody's listening to it because i i also think music today the way that it comes out you don't sit with a record anymore like you, we used to actually physically sit with a cd we used to sit by the radio and and record. Not you hitting the music. back in our day. I'm, no, I'm really to- serious. <laughs> now it comes out, and you've got 17 to 20 tracks, and you take it in, and then you move on. It's like Kendrick's album was incredible. Are we still listening to it? Well, you can't. That's different. That album doesn't feel like something you can bop to. I think people, I understand Beyonce's that. album is. Well, Beyonce does not count in any of this because Beyonce is a part of the Illuminati and. She's controlling our brains, cells, and our bodies. But (laughs) I'm just saying, like, there are records that we we just take a listen. We're like, oh, that was dope. And then we move on for some sad reason. And I'm like, I don't know why we're doing it. Maybe. I I still sit with with albums. I don't sit there. I can't. The last album that I sat with, for real, for real, like, current... Was Sabrina Claudio's, and that wasn't even her last one. It was like her Whoever first one. That is, I don't even know who that is. You don't know? Who, oh, I gotta send you her uh-uh. first. I think it was her first album. It's so good. The one with um, Frozen. I think it's Frozen. Bitch, I don't even know what I'm talking. But Girl, I, I just don't. I don't. I listen to playlists. I listen to a track. Like I'm not invested, invested in the way that I once was. And there's something to be said about streaming. And that I, I really feel that there's a correlation and it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. I wonder, I wonder if they do, if they have um, statistics of people's album streaming. Because I'll listen to, I'll go to an album and stay with it for a minute. Which Cleo album? Soul's album. Cleo Soul's, Who? and Cleo Soul. Oh, the mother one? I sit with that. Yeah. Salt. I sit with their album. Who? Uh, Salt, S-A-U-L-T. Who she's a part of their album. I don't know that. I rock with that for a minute. Yeah, but then I will go back to albums that are not new albums. I will go back to the same albums. Mama's and Gun. I'll go back to like the, those kind of things. I'll go back and sit with that I'll just play. I, I don't know the last album. I mean, Jasmine, I feel like we're disqualified from talking about that because that's our friend. So, of course, I sat with that. I don't. I just don't know the last album I just played and played and played and revisit all the well, time. I don't know. R and B is contingent on you had to listen to a whole album, though. 
You know what I mean? Like the no, the quality of R and B. I don't know if those correlate, but I hear you. I hear you. I I, don't know I to a certain extent agree with him. That type of R and B that we know that type of R and B that he's talking about. Yeah, is dead. Jodeci. I think is it's it dead for gonna, the men more than the women. But I don't know if we're ever gonna go back to that, and uh, I don't know if we need to go back to that. I I I miss it, but it feels like that was. It's gone. Now take. they talking about putting the Sandys to the side. They no, have no. anger albums like Summer uh. Walker where you're angry uh. or you're disaffected. Like, uh. what's her name? SZA. Did it's like a uh. different energy. It's love is the way that we are interfacing with love as young people is yes. completely different too. So it's, like that's it's the thing bell, that should be talked it's about. It's Bell and Hooks' not. worst nightmare. That's what it is. I'm dead serious. <laughs> that's what it is. Like she I talked think about that. That's it. what's at the root of what's lost of, in R and B's. We're not agreed. fucking with love in the same way. Agreed. I have a hot take. My sister actually said this, and she was like, "We were, we were kind of having like hypothesis around what these other acts from Beyonce are gonna be." And my sister was like, I think she, like, what else she's going to revive? Because this is the Renaissance and this is Act One. And obviously she's reviving, you know, House. And she was like, I think that she's going to give us a really old school traditional R&B record. Hmm. And I would love that. Hmm. I would love that. I would especially love it as Destiny Child was included. And we just heard those vocal stacks. Because there is a clip going around of Kelly Rowland... On The Voice. Oh, we also should have plugged this. The Jasmine will be on this season of The Voice as John Legends, John Legends one of his, uh, I don't know, vocal coaches Trainer, or whatever. Which mentor. I actually think is going to be... I can't wait to see what this bitch says to these oh. people. She's going to be like, yeah, that was... I mean, yeah. Like, you don't have to do all the runs. Like, just... You could just... You know, it's more about tone <laughs> and feeling. Like, yeah. But you sound great. I could just... I, I'm sure... I actually think she's going to be incredibly poignant but i just i never hear her talk like that about music really because she she just doesn't talk like that around us she's like oh no i like that album like she texted me it was like beyonce's album is incredible i'm just getting into it amazing that's all she didn't break down i went in like wrote a dissertation that shit said scene so <laughs> i'm just so curious to see like how she talks about process anyway there's a clip of kelly Rowland being jennifer hudson's like vocal coach and and Kelly is trying to explain to people how to blend their voices when they're singing together. And so she's like, go ahead, just sing something, anything. And she's, and so she's talking about how in destiny's child, whenever anybody was singing, she would immediately find a harmony, a hop on it and blend to whatever they were doing. And so he just starts singing and she does it the way she slides into this harmony and stays on her note. It's as if they're one voice. And Wait, I said, who is she singing with? Jennifer with, Hudson? With one of the, no, one of the contestants. She's oh, okay, showing okay, the, okay, okay, so okay, she doesn't okay, know okay. this person. She doesn't really know their voice that well. And she blends with them so beautifully. I think it's on, um, what is it? They have range and shout out to that person. I forget his name right now. That person is also a Philly native. So shout out to, you know who you are. What a great IG page that you've curated. I would love to hear like An old those school. stacks, mm -hmm. you know, like I was listening to, um, I don't really want to stay. Mm -hmm. I don't really... And I, I mean, I was, 
enthralled the other night just mm-hmm. playing can we get it together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then i was listening to um like summer rain from carl thomas oh, and I was just like, oh listen maybe to the this. musicality of the producers is different now like it they don't even be. have the same arrangers it could anymore be. arrangers joke composers joke. I, producers yeah i mean i also and, and we can get off of this i i i just think I think that Beyonce, it's partly Beyonce's fault. Ugh, I said it. Ah. She started singing so fucking fast and everybody wanted the flow. Yeah, I'm telling you. I don't think it was her. Be, before Beyonce, before Beyonce, she was the first person to hop on that track on that fucking no, no, no remix and start singing real fucking fast. And she had this like, da, 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 da. And everybody wanted to do it. Everybody started to mimic that eventually. And now there now a whole bunch of singers, and I hate to admit this, but Nicki Minaj was like, why are these people who can sing so well rapping? Like, sing, y'all. We want to hear y'all sing. And y'all hopping on a track with this flow. Oh, it's man, cute. Nicki said that. Yeah, she said she did. She was like, it's cute, but like I I miss people singing on track. So I don't know. Maybe I just fucking validated Diddy. Ugh, I hate it here. I think I think it's different. Dead. It's different. It's not dead. dead. And maybe the old style of R and B is dead. That that the nineties, early two thousands, yes, it is dead. But now you got this new alternative R and B that got everybody in a chokehold. Mm, I hate it. It's alternative R and B. I do not like it. It just feels like a, a stream of conscious instead of like a arc, like a story. We won't talk about this any further, but I think the person that fucked it. it all up was Frank Ocean. I think Frank Ocean's writing style and the way that he helped hearken in and give people the oh writing the definitely ability to like have that flow on tracks where you're not necessarily singing, but the way that he writes. Oh yeah, those his, are two the, different his things. Flow on on songs is just like. Nobody can do it as good as him, but that's what all these kids, SZA, all these people have this SZA's like flow is is good. It's SZA really got good as well. She does, but it I very don't well. like. I don't. I don't want to listen to it. It doesn't stay with me. It's the alternative R and B kids. All right. Well, shout out to what is generation is this? Not sure. Generation well, the one after us. <laughs> I don't even know what generation What's we are. George are we millennials? Generation, generation Alpha. Joe. What? Isn't it X? No. Z? Z. I don't know. Well, I want to know what generate Jojo. Jo- jo- anyway, we digress. Anyway, quiet oh. quitting. Well, I'm actually going to go into this one because it's a good segue. It actually gets worse in the music scene. Oh, we God. have been notified by the interwebs, uh, most notably, what's that nigga's name? Um... Oh God! What is his name? Who so he Talib Kweli, who seems to be the most upset by this, which <laughs> makes me chuckle, is that there's a new virtual rapper out here, and he's an actually an AI rapper that bars have been created through algorithms. I don't know. Some white tech guys have figured out a way to hack the habits, the subject matter, the flow styles of some of the most popular rappers out there. Again, it's the, it's not like they're going back 
into the early makings of hip hop, the 80s, the 90s. They're going by what's the most popular sound these days and using that to generate this no. AI character no. who no. has green locks. He looks like a monster. And a lot of these young rappers do a little bit. So I'm not surprised. He has green eyes, brown skin. He's a little racially ambiguous. Forehead tats. He just looks like a monster. A bionic he has arm. grills. But that's not true what you said. There's a black rapper who's rapping his it's stuff. It's his voice it that they use. Yeah, it's, and he's not credited. He, he laid the bars down. And then the white person took it and made a virtual rapper he and then wrote, never paid. He wrote the bars or he, 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 they used his He voice. wrote them. He said that. So I want to see the thing is, Mandy played a clip of this man. I forget his name. God bless him. Of him talking about his experience. He was like, yeah, I, like they, they just dropped me. They fell off the face of the earth after I recorded all this shit and then all of a sudden it's for he was i knew that it was for some virtual shit i thought it was gonna be like some new age shit but i didn't know it was like this white guy behind it like all this other stuff i just i don't know Oh, i thought the bars and the subject matter and everything they may have used a human voice they may have given him bars no they may have no they may have given him like some Uh uh boundaries in terms of mm. what he could rap about and some some rapping points <laughs> rapping points but no it's him it's him he's an artist and it's him <laughs> I, well I, I also heard that the reasoning behind this was that record labels often spend a lot of time on rapper development and like trying to find the the artist that resonates with the people that will be, you know, get them the most money. And so they like cut through it to find like, these are the key things that resonate with people. So let's make this AI person that we know is going to slap. And it did not. It slapped no. them in their white faces. It's virtual Shame. blackface. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what Talib Kweli said. That's I what stole Ta- that from Listen, Talib. He me- said virtual blackface is... <laughs> Indeed a thing. I said, Talib, you better free the people. He's giving ho tep. I I don't know what kind of world we live in that we need to have virtual rap. I don't know why we're so afraid of reality. I also don't know why we would have a virtual rapper who is who is in blackface, basically, because it's a white person behind it, getting all of the money for this while this black man is actually artists behind it. It's wild. It's like, you really, what? You really took on this person's likeness and made a fake, you'd rather pay a fake character and funnel the money to this white person. No, but he doesn't look, but culturally, the cultural identity behind it. And Capitol Records um, said, oh, we've se- they've severed ties already with this virtual artist. And the white man, Damn, I wish I had dropped. a statement. I couldn't find it. He went the fuck off. And he said, we offer, or Capitol Records said, we offer our deepest apologies to the black community for our insensitivity in signing this project without asking enough questions about equity 
and the creative process behind it. Boy, y'all, this I I want to see that executive There's room. There's no black people in these rooms. <laughs> Who? No and people. if he was, you're going to hell. <laughs> Who was there? Like, yeah, man, this is hot. This is great. This is wonderful. Make his hair green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Make he's he sound just like a. I don't know. We're fucked up though. Like this virtual world, social right. media, remote work, dating apps, the metaverse. Like reality has gotten to the point where it's the lines are blurred. Either the lines are blurred, or we want them to blur because our actual realities are too hard to deal with that we have to escape into a virtual world. Girl, not you explaining the premise of the Matrix. No. Oh, my God. I'm serious. <laughs> and I have a, another, uh, I have to say, I've only seen the first Matrix, and I only saw it once, and I don't really remember it, so I need to watch it again. Well, Tricky. Well, fuck you up, internet. I bet. Don't I'm you be pop upset. a gummy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I recommend you pop a gummy, and you sit down and watch the Matrix. You're going to be like, Shanti, are, are we real? Is this real? <laughs> they don't want us to be real. They really don't. They'd rather us create false identities in a world that doesn't exist. We're already doing that on social media with this whole you are your brand. Everybody's curating a fucking brand. Everybody. If I see another reel of somebody's everyday fucking life, I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? You and your spouse really woke up and set up tripods everywhere to catch these different angles of y'all doing regular shit like you have to Some think about the actual production though. of it it might be entertaining but like are I'd you present like, wow. in any one of these moments it's we're we're not okay we're not well i don't know speaking of exploitation and the misuse of labor Y'all don't want to oh. talk about capitalism, but when we really get into capitalism and we really That's start cracking one it open, outline. you so annoying. But everybody go ahead. is going to be like, "Oh, everything goes back to this." We thought it was racism, we thought it was patriarchy, but also you're gonna be like, "Oh." Anyway, the whites are quiet quitting. TikTok is going crazy with this idea of quiet quitting. From the Washington Post, it writes, the term is a bit of a misnomer because <laughs> quiet quitters aren't walking away from their jobs. Instead, they're renouncing hustle culture, quitting the idea of going above and beyond at work. The trend is resonating strongly with those Generation Z and millennial knowledge workers fighting to rewrite the rules of the workplace. So they go on to, in one of these articles that I read, they go on to follow the experience of a teacher, of a elementary school teacher who was like, basically your contract tells you these are the amount of hours that you're supposed to work and that's what I am sticking to and I'm not going to go above and beyond. This is it. And ultimately, especially, I guess, I feel like, a teacher is such a beautiful example. I wonder what the fuck's going on with healthcare workers because that's crazy as well. It. What happens when people stay within the means of their contract and only do the labor that they are signed on and paid to do? And what happens when people stop going above and beyond? What happens to the quality of 
I mean, teachers are already in a really hard place, but I can't help but feel really sorry for the kids. Mm. I can't help but feel really sorry, again, if this permeates into healthcare. Like, this is wild. There's been some feedback from the black folks, of course, saying that black people, black women do not have the luxury to do this kind of slacking off because they're already heavily scrutinized and, you know, um, watched and also assume that they're not doing the work that they should be doing anyway. So they don't even have this luxury of doing this. Uh, I mean, Antoinette, you, you'll be working, girl. You just talked about staying up to 2 a.m. doing the things so you can do the things. Your <laughs> nine to five leads into your things. creative work. Like, you gonna start quiet quitting? I already have. Oh, <laughs> I do. I, I, the, when I tell you, old me would be working even harder at this place that I work at. What I will say is that I think it would be really powerful for everyone to do this. And I understand what black women are saying, but I, I, I don't think that we should be going above and beyond what we're paid for. I don't, I don't, you got to fucking pay me. And I don't think that it's crazy to say that in a more professional way. I think that if someone is, is if, if you're getting a performance evaluation, right? And not everybody can do this, right? But if you're getting a performance evaluation that you disagree with, I think that there's negotiation that black folks don't take advantage of. What I've realized in my time is, is one of the biggest mistakes I've made is accepting um, salaries, accepting roles without any sort of negotiation. And I'm like, every time I talk to a white counterpart about a promotion that they might be getting, a new job, they're like, oh, well, we're still in negotiations. And I'm like, the fuck are y'all negotiating? Negotiations? What they are that? negotiating their, their, their rate. They're nego I know someone at my job who told them, you cannot... Like, we have to have multi-factor authentication on our phones, right? So that means, any like, anytime we log into, like, part of our work database or whatever, you're going to get a ping on your phone. You have to type in a password, yada, yada, yada. We also have Teams on our phone. We use our personal devices quite a bit throughout the day. A white counterpart of mine said to them, oh, this is my personal phone. If you want me to do that, then you need to supply me with a phone or pay my phone bill. Their phone bill is paid. Is my phone bill paid? No. My phone bill is not paid. So I've now looked into that of like, hi, 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 hi. What's up? The other thing that they said is you cannot contact me after 6.30. Do not call this phone past 6.30. Point blank. Like they had boundaries in, <laughs> in their contract. And I'm, and I was baffled because I approached the corporate world as like, you gotta, you gotta fall in line, but these white folks are not doing that. So what I want to see is more black people who are most likely 
often the more talented if I'm just being honest and and harder workers and, and maybe a little hungrier and more creative <laughs> but I want to see them negotiate I want to see them negotiate their terms. Hi, I have a child. From this hour to this hour, I have to leave it. I know people at my job that do this. There is a woman who lives on the on, on California. This is a New York-based company. She does not log into her computer until 12 p.m., period, our time. At the company standard is that you have to keep New York hours. She negotiated something else for herself. These are things that I would have read as like, okay, well, that's the company rule. I can't. There's mm -hmm. no... Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? I think, I mean, I think probably a lot of white people have access to that kind of knowledge and wield it more, but yes. a lot of white people don't. And all, I think the idea of everybody coming together and understanding the power that you have as like this company... Your profits cannot be made without my labor. So, like, I actually have a lot of say in the rules and what happens and what doesn't happen and how we negotiate these terms because, nigga, you need my work. Like, this is, you ain't doing me a favor. We're, like, in a relationship where we are, it's an exchange of labor for the things to get done. I feel like America as well, over the course of, whenever it all happened, but it used to be a, a far more unionized workplace where mm. it was a lot more labor before, but that people were getting exploited through the yang yang. And then niggas was like, no, we have to form labor unions so that we have some po power. A lot of that has changed. A lot of federal laws have made that illegal now to do, which I think is really fucked up. But I think, and I love that like, people are moving towards understanding our power as, as laborers and you coming together to do it. I, I, I don't know. It feels divisive. I think it feels true. Two things can exist at once. Like, yes, black people have always been disenfranchised and not had access to knowledge, but I feel like doing it together, white, black, Puerto Rican, Haitian feels like, I think there's a, a balance to be struck, though, because I do think that there are some people, especially within younger generations, who come through and there are some like, they don't want to fucking work. They just want to get paid. And there is an entitlement thing that I am seeing in younger people. They're like, well, I shouldn't have to do that. Nick, it's called work. What the fuck do you mean? Like, I don't have patience for some of that. And maybe I'm more old school, but it's like. There, there yeah. are some cases outliers. Sure. Well, it's not just outliers. I think that there is a there is a it's a generational thing, um, and we're going to get into this later when we talk about politics because I have some mixed feelings about some things. But it, it's a generational thing of of there are some entitlements, and then there are some folks who we talked about this before. Where like there's these boundaries of Everybody has to work around your boundaries, but that's not that's not how life works either. Like not in a workplace, like there has to be some give and take and compromise. And everybody's just like hard boundary, hard this. And it's like, yo, we're on a team. Like that's that's just yeah. not conducive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I do have I do sometimes have to 
gently remind people that it is called work. But maybe I'm a bitch. I don't know. It's getting we it's getting to be a longer episode though. So do you want to go through? I don't I don't have much to say about Tyler Perry. <laughs> uh, he, he has a new movie coming out, Jazz Man's Blues. I think you should hear my hot take on this one. See the thing is, but it's given the notebook slash notepad because it is the same fucking movie. It's the black notebook and shout out to him. But we also found out that the lead in it is biracial. Every time you look up, use money of business. They're going biracial. It's getting tricky around here. A biracial so. man. It's a biracial woman. Of course, with a black man falling in love with her. Duh. Same old Hollywood story. So here we are. Um, shout out to Tyler. Uh, I, I, I actually do want to see this movie just to see the difference in the, I want to know if it's like a carbon copy of the notebook. And when he tweeted about it, he it was is. like, he was like, I wrote this 20 years ago. I, I hope it is. You hope it is? I hope it's the same. I just get Tricky. Anyway, uh, let's, let's just take a quick break, pay some bills. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we are back. So we have... Two voice well, we have more voicemails than that, but um, we have two voicemails from one person in particular. I'm very excited to play this person's voicemail. We are going to um, she's going to have some anonymity because that is what she requested. So we're going to edit out her name, but yeah, here we go. Y'all, I literally have to stop my shower. I am. Calling. I'm currently listening to the Little White Lies episode, and I hope I get the time for my phone dies. But well, I'm at the part where Antoinette is talking about how she has always felt like because of her parents, she had to lie to kind of protect, basically to protect them because they required so much. And I have never felt so seen. I am currently like in therapy, working on um, like why I feel so comfortable to lie in my marriage. Um, and it's things that, like, 
it's basically been like I'm living in this duality where like as long as I like although I know it's wrong instead of me not doing it I just know that I can just lie and cover it up and everything's okay and I've always been this way because my parents they just had so many like high expectations and they would always tell us like what they expected us to do so if it was anything that I had done that was outside of what they expected from me I just felt like I could decide because they didn't really seem like they really cared about the truth of the matter it was more so the perception of it so I'll say all that to say I completely understand where you're coming from Antoinette about you know just not really knowing like how to stop because I mean it's so embedded in you and it's it does take a lot to kind of get out of that mindset where, like, whatever you're lying about, like, and not trying to hurt that person, like, it just it just seems so much easier just to be like, well, whatever, whatever your lie is and just keep it moving because a lot of times those people that you feel like you have to lie to do not care about the actual, like, like what's happening is so much, they're so big on perception that it's like, that the truth is not even a matter of like what you did. It's about how you, how you have them looking at that point. If that makes sense. So I don't know. I just want to say I love you guys. I love this conversation. I'm gonna try and get back in the shower because I'm a single mom. I'm a mom of two twins, seven month olds, and it's been the first five minutes I've had two showers. So, anyways, have a good day. Bye. And I also wanted to add. Um, what's interesting too is that me and my husband have tried the radical honesty and that was, it was fine until like when it was black and white and then like I could kind of control the, the, the scenario. But like, um, not to my business in the streets, but basically like what had happened is there was something that was just completely uncontrollable, unexplainable. And I came out and I told him about what actually happened. And he was so, like, it, like people always tell you, like, I'm going to react a certain way. Um, my reaction would be better if you just told me this truth. And, like, his reaction was so wild that that scared me, basically, to never be able to, because it was something that I literally could not have controlled. And, you know, I was very sorry. I let him know, you know, hey, this is a, this is a mistake, whatever. And his reaction was so awful that, it made it to me be, it made me feel like, you know, I need to just make sure like I'm trying to do my best but also like I don't know, like I mean I don't know, I, do you identify with that? Like is that is that how you feel? Like but basically like, you know, when people their reaction to your honesty can be so crazy, it's like I'm just gonna save us both this trouble and just go past it because either way, you know, it's not it's not worth the drama of all of it, if that makes sense. Dante. You're a radical honesty queen. Am I? Yeah. Um. I th- I commend number one um, your awareness around this and your awareness around your pattern and the source of it. Um, it feels like it was a survival mechanism Mm. um i think because we make it's around lying it's not around like um maybe a sexual trauma or a physical abuse kind of trauma it feels like a less 
of a serious type of survival mechanism and like coping that you had to do. But I just want to let you know that is it is just as serious um, and it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of grace and a lot of courage for you if and when you decide to stop lying about things to kind of reckon with reality. I think that you should also be really clear that you're not getting away with things. I think that we are energetic beings in a lot of ways. And I think that your husband probably knows it in the same way that you may recognize when truths aren't being told and the consequence, you, you're, you're not escaping the consequence of it. And that takes time to like reckon with and to realize and to choose differently. And I just hope that you always realize that you can choose differently, but also be very clear in your decisions that there are consequences um, to it, whether it be very, very big or very, very small and that it is very scary to tell the truth. It's very scary to, to name an elephant in the room. Um, but just by you not saying it doesn't mean that the elephant isn't there shitting, causing a mess, wrecking shit, stinking. Like that, the elephant is still there. Whether you want to say it, whether your husband wants to do that work with you, um, that's a whole different kind of journey that you have nothing but an opportunity to take. And I, and I, and I think that you eventually will grow into it because now you, you know, you can't unknow what you know now. You can't turn back. So, yeah, continue to be courageous. And it. it takes a lot of courage and it's very scary. It's not easy. And I hope you offer yourself grace that it was learned from a very, very young age. And you probably were scared in your child mind and it takes time. Well said. I don't have anything to add to that. Um, thank you for calling us this. We have another voicemail. Yes, hello, Shanti and Antoinette. This is AJ. Um, just calling because I just realized what I wanted to say about the episode 190 regarding staying small. I think what Shanti was having, um, uh, it was it was what she was trying to explain is what I think what she wants when you asked what she wanted. I think at that time when she was saying she doesn't know is that to me, I would think it means that she needs, she wants clarity as to what, to where she can begin to accept, um, where she stopped believing that she could achieve the things that she wanted to achieve. And so she needed clarity. And so what I think she, and, and what I definitely want in my life is the permission and the clarity to believe that I'm capable of doing anything I want if I, if I commit myself to it. And I think I don't trust myself. I don't trust my instinct to change and dramatically, what is that, a uh, radical uh, belief in myself. Um, I think that, I think it's one of those things that if you've been through life and you've never really seen yourself be completely or feel completely accomplished in your life, you know, on your terms, and you don't believe that it actually exists. I don't have a family that, um, you know, pushes us to be the best or it's at the same time, they don't want us to sit around and, you know, die. They want us to engage in life. So that middle ground of having to decide when I want to participate and do things is hard when you don't trust your own 
instincts. A lot of people, the one thing I do uh, respect about my best friend Jennifer is that she always has trusted her first instincts and it's because she had been violated so much as a child. And so I think that people who have been through an actual emotional, physical toil of just trying to exist, they work so hard to fight for their own self, um, for their own relevance in, in the world. And so when you've kind of been coddled or protected so long, you kind of don't trust how you can handle life's difficulties on your own. And so I think the clarity is what we all need to have the bravery to actually pursue things we want in life as opposed to just settling. And so that's what I've learned from that episode. And that's why it took me a while to kind of put it into words. But I appreciate you for that episode. And I'm definitely want to see you guys do another full moon ritual um, because I think that you could just spend the whole episode just doing the ritual itself. And um, I think that's what Antoinette, when she saw my comment on Instagram, I think she thought, I don't know if you thought I was just insulting you guys. I was just saying that because it was 11 o'clock and y'all were saying, this is the best we could do, as, as fun as that was. And I love Shanti's uh, affirmation. I think you guys should do just the episode itself on just the um, full moon ritual. That's what I'm looking forward to. But I do love that episode. And I love y'all. Have a great uh, rest of the end of the summer. It's Oh, damn. She got cut off. She was near the end. Sis, thank you so much. It ain't no beef over here. I was like, oh, no. I did think that, but I might have been in my feelings. I do apologize. I was like, what? She was like, girl, because y'all was, y'all was giving whack. She said something like that. It wasn't whack. She said sleepy. No, it wasn't sleepy either. It started with an F. It doesn't matter. First off, do you did she capture what you were feeling or no? I don't know if that's... Um, uh, yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. I feel like that's a, a lot to go into in this moment, but yeah. but yes and no. Yes and no. I really um I really appreciate this message. I love hearing from people when and, and them telling us, you know, what they want for themselves or mm-hmm. their how they would respond to mm-hmm. what our prompts are. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, to have the the courage to to radically trust yourself and believe in yourself is that's a great one. Child, I think we're both trying to be that courageous at this point. I don't I don't know. Um I don't know if either one of us have that kind of radical trust. I feel like if I did, I might quit my job. Or maybe that's just reckless. I can't figure the balance out, but <laughs> um Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for calling. And I I personally loved the full moon episode. I um I would love to do that again. We also did we did the the new moon is the, the one new, that we need to do right, next. We need that's to do the, the one where you moon. set the intentions and you're like boom bang. I bang. thought that we spent a full episode on it though. That was a full episode. We just had like some kiki up front, but that was a full episode. Um but yeah, it was late, so maybe we need to do it a little earlier. Um, oh, just so yeah. you all know. Oh, I guess it passed. What the hell was the date? You're looking for the new moon? It was yesterday. Damn. Well, we got to get the new new moon. It's going to be a new one soon, y'all. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for calling. I th- I don't think we have time for the other voicemail, so I'm going to save that. But please, please reach out to us. 
Give us feedback, ask us questions, give us topic ideas. 215-948-2780. That's 215-948-2780. And before we go, baby, you knew that I was not going to let y'all get away without talking about my booty dude, Joseph Robinette Biden. That's the Robinette for me. (laughs) Baby, President Joe Biden announced his plan to address student loan debt forgiveness, which includes debt forgiveness, oh, student loan debt, excuse me, which includes debt forgiveness um, for certain borrowers and extending the pandemic-related payment pause. He's extending that pause to basically January 1 of 2023. That is when student loan repayment will, uh, you know, will resume. But right now, individual borrowers who make less than $125,000 yearly and married couples or heads of households who make less than $250,000 yearly will have up to $10,000 of their federal student loan debt forgiven if they did not receive a Pell Grant as an undergraduate student. Individual borrowers, same the same thing as this, for, for people who did get a Pell Grant, because I'm not reading all that, it'll double. And a Pell Grant is basically, it's a grant that is only given to undergraduate students who, quote unquote, display exceptional financial need and have not earned a bachelor's graduate or professional degree. And does not ha- it does not have to be repaid under certain circumstances. So basically, you have to be without much means in order to even qualify for a Pell Grant. And Pell Grants currently over only cover about a third of the cost of a four-year public college degree, which has led people who qualify for Pell Grants to have to borrow all of the rest of the money. So the thinking is, if you actually qualify for a Pell Grant, you are in greater need of, of forgiveness because most likely you've taken out more loans than the others. That's the thinking and the rationale behind it. The Biden administration is also proposing a rule to create new income-driven repayment plans. This is where borrowers would pay no more than 5% of their monthly income on undergraduate loans. This is a decrease from the current 10% threshold. I think that that is that last part is huge. That's the part that I'm like, yes. Um, I I was shocked at the. I'm not shocked. I was. I feel conflicted. Um, I had a conversation with a friend about this, and he has very different um, viewpoints than me. But I was. I thought the response to this was. Um, interesting. (laughs) Some people were joyous and other people were beyond frustrated and angry. And something that came up for me and I had to observe it and kind of check it was I was one frustrated because I paid off all my loans and I was like, damn, I would have really liked to have this 10 K. But I paid off all my loans and not because I have a whole bunch of money, but because I really hustled and I um, 
sacrificed a lot in order to pay that off. Lived in a one-bedroom apartment with my sister and my cousin in order to pay this off and get this burden off my back while slinging plates at a jazz club for years. So I say that to say two things. And I, I, went, on, I went on about this on See the Thing Is. You should listen to it because they play the clip there. But the Budgetista had an incredible clip where she was talking about the difference between white and black families and white folks, their interest, they're interested in in creating wealth for themselves. And black folks' number one financial goal was to be debt free. And she went on to talk about how being debt free doesn't mean as much as you think it does. And she said, My my nephew who's four is debt free. My nephew who's four is also broke. So what she's saying is you need to take your money and make it and and you might have to have some debt, but you need to create wealth and then pay down that debt later as you're creating this wealth. That is not something that I did. I wish, looking back, I would have taken that money, invested it in something that maybe could have created some passive income for me or even garnered some compound interest, and then I would have been able to pay this off a little differently. But... That's an aside. The other thing that I felt conflicted about was how many people were angry about this. And um, I was like, okay, this is a step. I felt like it was a step in the right direction. It's going to help folks because I am of the thinking that education should be available for everyone. Um, I It really bothers me that finances get in the way of folks' education. I went to a very expensive school in New York and almost all of the black folks that I started with, there weren't many of us, they did not graduate because they could not afford to stay in the school. And that really fucking frustrated me. I was someone who was an RA. I was a maid in school. I worked really hard. I didn't go to school right away. I did fucking city year to get grant money in order to help pay for my school. And I was also incredibly privileged because my parents happened to be divorcing around the time, that doesn't sound like a privilege, but wait for it, around the time when I was set to go to school and they both were moving in with their significant others and needed to sell their house. Therefore, they were able to help me financially with this school. Everyone paid a third of my school. And what I couldn't pay, I, or, or what I couldn't pay in scholarships and grants, I had to take loans out, which looking back wasn't really even that much. All this to say, I have a friend who's of the mindset of like, if you say you're going to take out fucking loans, and then you you take them out and then you feel like you shouldn't have to pay it. What is the, why do you feel that entitlement that you shouldn't pay these loans back? Like the, and my thing is I hear that. I hear it. I really do. But I also, I have a deep problem with the cost of education. So I am of the mindset of like, fuck them schools, they're price gouging and let's let's do something different. I do feel like we are we are arming this new generation or some folks with the notion of like you should be kind of 
bailed out of certain situations that they shouldn't be in in the first fucking place. But my real interest is how do you get these schools to drop their prices or how do you give people money up front to help them go to schools? I just don't think this is the best solution. I do feel that people who are already riddled in debt do need relief. But my question is, how? what are we doing for the people who are entering into school who are about to just garner the same amount, if not more, in debt? You know, like, this is a step in the right direction, which is why I'm more interested in the borrowers having to pay no more than 5%. The, I, I dated someone, he used to pay 670 some dollars a month, and he wasn't making that much fucking money, but he had to pay that shit every month. Like, that shit was wild to me. And in New York, and your rent is already what, like at least eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars a month. It's just wild. But I've been blabbing. So go ahead, Shanti. What are your thoughts on this? Do you qualify? Do you have school loans? Damn, I wanted you to be able to get this. I hope Amanda does. I call her. Go ahead. No, I don't have any um, school loans. I, at a very young, dumb age, um, took out a loan to go to a vocational school because I'm from Philly. And what do Philly girls do? We become medical assistants. So I've been paying that dumbass shit back for a very long time. And I think that, that doesn't count. Oh, that doesn't I think it count. is included. It is included. I just looked it up. It is included. Um, but no, I've already um, paid it back. Yeah. I just really resent the idea that. What your friend said that, you know, if you're going to pay a loan, you gonna take a loan out, take a loan, take a loan out that you should pay it back. I don't think anybody, anybody went into this. I, I think the number one, the disillusion of what school means and how it can help you achieve the American dream is the first thing that. that got everybody fucked up. Mm -hmm. And not one of these kids takes these loans out and doesn't think, yeah, I'm going to be able to afford you. Yeah, this is, I'm bettering my life. I'm, right. I'm, you know, going to be able to go up a class because I'm going to college. Mm -hmm. How many kids are going to college and not knowing what the fuck they want to do mm -hmm. and wasting a lot of precious years and money and then getting shackled down by these debts is criminal. It's yeah. criminal. And these are young kids. They're 18, 19. You're like, these are the really young. 17. 17. To expect them to know, to hold on to the debt and then invest that. Even that idea feels like, sure, that sounds great. But nobody know. Kids don't know. People are 40, 50, 60. We don't have the financial literacy available to us. And then it's like, oh, go get that information. Sure. But. The stress of being in survival mode. Niggas have kids. People get sick. Like, there's so many. It's nuanced. It's and so it's nuanced. And I, I really think that we are not getting a clear picture of how entrenched and how mass majority of the American population is struggling. And the middle class is disappearing Dying. and no trace of it being able to like once it's becoming the rich and the poor in a lot of ways and the we're working all poor. believing that oh somehow I'm gonna become a millionaire by whatever by working my fucking ass off or whatever the thing we're disillusioned by going to school by I, I just think that that's the 
that is symptomatic. The fact that everybody's in debt and can't really pay off these loans. And now we're being told that you're trying to get over because people are asking for relief or because they are um, believing again in this fallacy of what, what does Beyonce say? America's got a problem. This is not, it is not the same America anymore. Things are changing at a really rapid rate. And like college is going to become a luxury for a lot of people and is a luxury for a lot of people and is a pipeline to being even more impoverished and not being able to like invest or free your money up in a way because you're paying back $300 to some people is so much money. $300 to me straight up. If I get an extra $300 is like, cool, cool, wow. That's something to people. And people have that off their back. Like, and it only goes back into the economy, right? Like I was listening to NPR when they were talking about, and I don't understand how this connects to inflation, but the worry is that these people that are getting this extra income now, that money normally goes straight back into the people are buying shit with it now you know what i mean we're not using it to invest we're not using it to put it in savings this is income that people need that i don't know i i just i kind of resent that idea and it sounds really symptomatic of pull yourself by the bootstraps like poor people are poor because they have bad character and they make poor decisions yes and it wasn't that it wasn't that it was they were arguing the same exact argument of like college is not necessary. College is like a joke. Like people are buying into this joke. They were also arguing that like I, they came up with very, very impoverished people who figured out a way for their kids to go to school and all this stuff. It, it, I, I, I don't want to speak for that person, but I, I understood where they were coming from. I still didn't agree with them, but my concern, I I do understand the frustration around hearing people pissed off that, you know, people writing like you, like I'm waiting for all my debt to be cleared, you know, Joe and adding him and tearing him up. And it was like, Oh, you just got 10,000 free dollars. Like, I don't know where there's no gratitude in that. And I understand he campaigned on, certain things and you got Bernie Sanders putting the the battery on folks' back. And then there's the comparison of like, Hey, you were able to free up all this money for PPP loans, which is, and this college thing that you're doing is a fraction of that. You're able to send all this money over to Ukraine. Right. But the military and things like that's what actually keeps this country running is the fact that our military is as strong as it is. And the economy is as strong as it is. And this country is running because people are poor and people are rich. So it's, it's, a, it's so fucking complicated. So I, I don't know if people, I, I am from a place of privilege where I can sit there and say like, oh, it bothered me a little bit that people were mad about it being, the getting 10 K. Like, Fuck, I want 10 K. I was happy for them. And then to see that how frustrated folks were and like, pissed it did feel like wait a minute but then I had to check myself and say well if I was in a position where I literally could not function I couldn't survive paying this shit 
trying to make these loan payments, I don't know. I'd be pissed too, you know? I, I, I see, I try to see both sides and I, I really don't know the solution, but I hope that, you know, I want to remind folks that Joe has said that this is one of many steps that he's trying to take. I know that he has to play a lot of politics with Congress and everything the fuck else. Midterms are coming up. And he's only two, not even, is he two years in? Yeah, he's two years in. Almost two years. He got, he's got more time left on his term. Let's see what the fuck happens. Let's see what gets done. You can't change everything in, you know, less than two years, so. It's a step, I will say. A glimmer of hope. Shout Hopefully not just for lives revolts. have been changed by it. Yes. And also there's some a lot people... of compassion to people who's like, that is not a fucking yes. drop in the bucket. Fuck there it you. is. Duality is a thing. Once. Exactly. Exactly. So that's it for this episode. Woo! We made it, girl. It's a long one. So uh yeah, we will be back next week with another episode of Around the Way Curls. With that, we are out. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls, John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good.